What's going on, travel family and adventurers near and far? Welcome to Point Noir, home of the Point Noir podcast, where we equip men of color to realize their full potential through travel. As always, I'm your host, Jerry the Third, aka Kimono Jack, and you're joining us listening right now to the 71st session of the Point Noir podcast. Hope you all have been well. Happy Tuesday, travel family. Listen, there's been a lot of things going on, and I hope everyone is taking care of yourselves and others and kind of managing your energy. No need to speak and just add more fuel to the fire. I just hope everyone is in a good place, and if not, you're working towards that. Now, if you listened to our session last week, you'll know that it was our very first two-parter. So last week was part one. This is part two. And I'm going to reintroduce our guest just in case you're tuning in. But before I get to all that fun stuff, I want to do a couple of housekeeping items. So first and foremost, I was out in the D.C. DMV area last week supporting one of our alums, Brian Oliver, a.k.a. Beyond Be More, launching his first nonprofit that's all about mentorship and travel for young black men we're talking like high school age he's put together a program where not only are they sponsoring passports you know we're a huge fan of that but they're also taking them on trips and then training these men to be leaders and mentors for the next class of kids behind them it's such a cool thing i was so proud to be there and witness it you can see some of the pictures up on the ig channel but yo shout out to you my guy brian just an awesome way to support and it's great to see a brother a young man of color taking this sort of positive stand in his city so baltimore y'all are blessed to have him and i can't wait to see the great things he's going to do second thing to let you all know is i run podcast workshops some of them are online some of them are in town in dallas so if you are wanting to learn about podcasting reach out either on the show page or my personal page and you can see a full list of workshops that i'm doing right now it's about three or four a month and then i also have an airbnb experience so if you're traveling in the dallas area and you want to learn how some of the magic sauce gets done here on the point noir podcast sign up for a class would be happy to show you how i do what it is that i do all right y'all and lastly if you haven't left us a review we just got another amazing five-star review and yo we love hearing your feedback so whether it's five stars or 4.9 stars because we try to run a pretty tight ship would love to hear your feedback and it's a free way to support the show support all the great work we're doing including sponsoring these men of color to get their passports so appreciate you taking a few moments out of your day out of your busy lives to do that it's like a Christmas present every time I see a new one. So that all being said, without further delay, without further ado, let's introduce or rather reintroduce today's special guest. Joining us again at the point for the continuation of his session is Dexter Thomas. Make sure you check him out on Instagram and Twitter at DexDigi. D-E-X-D-I-G-I and also check out his personal website where you can see all the amazing places he's contributed his amazing work at WhatUpDex. I don't know why I said it like it was an IG handle, but it doesn't matter. WhatUpDex.com Make sure you check the man out. This is, again, the continuation, so we are going to start right where last week's session ended 
and we really get into it and what's really cool is you get to see the thought process of someone who does the sort of work that he does and i really appreciated the feedback so we get a little esoteric a little philosophical but there's nothing wrong with that it's nothing wrong with you know using a couple bigger words or talking about some pie in the sky ideas it's a great discussion i think it's something that you're really going to enjoy especially if you already tuned in the last week's session so as always our three-step routine y'all know it by now so say it with me step number one pour yourself a refreshing beverage of choice alcoholic non-alcoholic juice i don't care get you some water it's good for you hydration's important be hydrated y'all step two find the comfiest corner on the coziest couch that you can a plus for alliteration in step three take a deep breath sit back relax and get ready to enjoy another amazing session from us here at the point noir podcast I'll see you on the flip side. I mean, that, that, that's like, though, that's like telling somebody, yo, you know what? You should learn karate because you'll understand yourself better. That, that's the reason that the real reason to learn a martial art is it's it's development of the self. Right. But no, people want to go kick somebody in the face. That's why you sign up. Nobody goes into this. Say, hey, I would like to enter this dojo. Oh, why would you do this? I want to understand myself they'll think you're a serial killer half these people because that most people don't do that especially a kid no your kid signs up because they want to kick somebody in the face i went to japan i didn't okay i didn't go to japan i didn't want to kick him in the face but i'm just I, here's a whole other thing this seems cool i would like to go to this place because i i don't know what's going on so i mean you know everybody has their different reasons for one to do it but whatever that reason is by any means necessary absolutely 100 percent, highly encouraged <laughs> highly endorsed i don't care where you go Honestly. Right. Strongly suggested. And there, there are steps along that way. And I know you still do a ton of travel. Have you seen more people of color, more black people from the States as you revisit these areas? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think there are probably more black Americans in Japan than when I was there. There's certainly more in the media. Yeah. I mean, Ike, the, the guy that I interviewed, uh, who's, who's all over TV, mm -hmm. uh, he's a prime example. I mean, interesting thing about him, there was, there was no blueprint for him when he started. Right. That's what I understood. Yeah. There was no, I mean, he, he can, if he wants, he would commentate on stuff. He can do that if he really wants to. Uh, there was nobody that could do that before him. There was some comedians here, there, but nobody really on that level. So, it's increasing a bit. I've seen a few vloggers, you know, on YouTube who are black. There's, there's a few. I'm not, I, I can't say it's changed a whole lot, but there's definitely some. There's more. And I, I'd agree with that as well. I think there's been more, but, you know, there's, um, I was just looking at this report yesterday with another friend of mine who's, who's been on the show. And there's this uh, study that came out that was saying that like an additional $20 billion had been put into the travel industry by African-Americans specifically. So mm -hmm. they got specific between like 2008 and uh, 2016, 2018, something like that. Interesting. But a lot of it's domestic travel. Oh, we're, we're just we're just milling around the U.S. <laughs> I mean, that's cool too. I think it's important. And one thing, you know, that I always promote with the show is that, listen, not every, I realize the, the unfortunate reality that not all men of color will have the ability to go abroad. Like sure. we are disproportionately cut off from access for passports. When you look at, you know, felonies, uh, owed child support, um, the disproportionate amount of us that are in the criminal justice system, like that shit adds yeah. up because you lose examples, you lose role models. It just doesn't happen. Um, and then when you look at wage gap and shit like that, but um, get out of your city, get out of your state. We have 
a massive our country so massive that until you leave the country you can't conceptualize it yeah you're like wait a second your whole fucking country that contains your culture your food your religion your ideologies is the size of georgia yeah oh that's wild like <laughs> yeah yeah until you have one of those moments yeah you know, there's there's so much here, but um, yeah, I think it's a lot of people doing more domestic stuff. You mm-hmm. know, more cruises. Once they made it mandatory to get a passport to get to Canada and uh, Mexico in the in the 2010s, um, you know, passports went up. But in, mm-hmm. most people don't travel. Mm-hmm. Like most citizens don't own a passport. So um, I think it's interesting that you haven't seen this massive increase because if you go on social media where a lot of the Black travel movement thrives and and grows, you know, you see these big group trips. These I you know. Uh, Oh, we're taking over Thailand. We're taking over Bali. Blah blah blah. Wooty woo. And I'm like, yeah, but what are y'all actually doing out there? What are y'all bringing back to tell about? Like, how is mm-hmm. this going to inspire future generations? You know, are you, is this thoughtful travel? Is this flexing? Like, I want you to get your start, but ultimately, this has huge potential. I feel like mm. that's what you're saying. Yeah. So I mean, you know, maybe Japan and China, and there's a, a lot more Africans I know for sure in some of the city centers in uh china yeah um but they've been building that relationship yeah i mean if, if we're talking japan uh nigerians i mean nigerians are everywhere everywhere shout out to nigerians uh they, <laughs> they definitely in japan shout out to Jadena <laughs> and the gang yeah dude i remember when i when i was first there uh and i think this is still the case a lot of the hip-hop stores you know that would sell clothing and whatnot would be run by nigerians mm-hmm. and a lot of the reason for that was Japanese people didn't couldn't tell the difference and so yeah and so you'd have a dude who would just Japanese people would come in and they wouldn't necessarily lie but they would let the customers think that they're some dude from Brooklyn and they never been there mm. a day in their life but they're selling all the gear and I mean and this these are conversations that I actually had with people which I found super interesting I mean if somebody wants a free dissertation topic take that go ahead because uh, I, I I can't write that because I don't have time. But that was a whole thing where there there was kind of there was this sort of sub cottage industry of probably dudes from other countries, but mo- mostly men. And I, well, from what I know, all men, the all the ones that I met who were doing this were men uh, from Nigeria who were running clothing stores. And one dude I met, he ran a whole chain. I think he had six stores, something like that. This was, you know, in the early the mid two thousands. Uh, but yeah, wow. people would come in. And he would just say, yeah, man, they, they think I'm from New York. I just don't tell them. Because, I mean, you know, they don't speak English. <laughs> I talk to, when I talk to them, I talk to them in Japanese, uh, you know, sell them clothes. And, you know, this is, this is mid-2000s. He's wearing, you know, big baggy clothes and stuff like that. He was telling me, man, I hate this clothing. I can't stand it. This is my uniform, though. I don't dress like this at home. Yeah. You know, at home, I, you know, I got slacks and a button-up or whatever. But, wow. you know, here I got, I dress like I'm young jock or something like that. And it's just, okay, man, do your thing. <laughs> do you think brother do you know how heavy these tims are yeah yeah i got you yeah whole 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 different thing but yeah wow never even thought that that was a thing but it it makes sense and um you kind of got me stuck with the whole the hard sell man it is a hard sell to say that you'll become a better person it sounds so up in the air and like the fucked up part is i just made business cards that had that shit on it so now i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but I think it appeals to to a slice because I think, all right, so we're just going to go in this area. Sure. There are some, uh, there's a, there's kind of like a two-sided discussion or view of black people. One uh, as us with the experience and one uh, as our perception. So 
you know, there's there's a cry for, hey, we all need this or we all need that, but I'm also an individual. And I think with amongst us, that becomes uh, kind of a, an area to get tripped up in. Like when we say, you know, hey, we want to go back to Africa, or we don't want to leave or we want to leave the States or something like that. Like, listen, all black Americans are not going to go do that shit. It's going to be a very small select few. You know what I'm saying? Like you think of the the March on Washington, like, you know how many black people weren't at that march? <laughs> all the other black people, right. literally all of them. So I think the appeal for for self-development and growth and having some perspective has always appealed to a certain select few of people who then maybe get a podcast or maybe become journalists and share that part of their story. But in general, just like travel, it's not a reality to to some people. And it's not always a question of access. Yeah. I mean, for some people, it is access. They would love to do it. It's not as easy. For some people, it right. is it's just not in the game plan for them. Yeah. But uh, obviously, having examples that make you think that you could do that, that is helpful. And that's undeniable. Entirely. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. I actually learned most of my Japanese from a black person. Most of it. Really? Yeah. Black American? Yeah. So in kind of a roundabout way, I had done a little bit of studying of Japanese on myself, really just, you know, I bought a textbook and learned a couple of phrases out of it. And, and I'd taken classes at college, but, you know, it's, it's a classroom setting. It, you're not really going to be functional. But I, at some point, stumbled onto a website called alljapaneseallthetime.com. Branding on point. Yeah, perfect. And I started reading it. And basically, it was this dude who had, who just laid out, hey, I basically went from zero to fluency in 18 months. And he sort of laid out how he did. He, he mm -hmm. said, I, on day one, I didn't speak any Japanese. And I taught myself how to do this. I had an interview. Basically, a month 18, I went to work for Sony in Japan. And I did the interview in Japanese. Black dude from, I think, Arizona or something like that. Now, had a white dude or anything else, you know, put this material out there. And basically, it was just, here's how I did it. And here is how mm -hmm. you think, here's how to think about learning stuff on your own. You know, anybody could have taught me that. It probably did help that, oh, this is a black guy doing it? Oh, okay, well, I, I think that probably gave me a nudge in the right direction. Right. Just in terms of making it feel like it was possible. You know, all, I had all these things in common with him. Being in the States, not really being, you know, not being great at another language, period. Uh, feeling like he wanted to be able to talk to people. Uh, all right, I got a lot in common with this person. That made it feel like more of a realistic thing. So, yeah, and, a, a, you know, a lot of people don't have those examples. That makes sense. That's fair. And representation definitely, um, I think, affects our ability to even believe we can do something that's possible yeah. for us. Like if you don't see a Tiger Woods, you know, he's inspired a whole generation. If you don't see a Barack Obama, I'm picking like some fucking highlights, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? <yeah>. But <laughs> um, it, it does matter. I think it, it does have everlasting uh, impacts. You know, you never know what that ripple effect is right. going to be, but that's super interesting. Um because especially like social, I say social media, but like the internet, we weren't as connected back then as we are today. So the chance of you even finding that, I'm like, how did you even discover this shit? Google, man. A lot of Googling. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of trial and error and just nothing else is working. How do I figure this out? And I found somebody who seemed like he had the blueprint that worked for him. And I said, all right, I've tried everything else. Let me try this. That worked out. Yeah, that sounds like a page six result for <laughs> Learn Japanese for yeah. sure. Like you was... 
<laughs> that's that's in your DNA. How about this? We've talked about some of the opportunities to see yourself to to mm. get perspective, but you also have a strong skill set around around research, around getting the information about about searching for facts, and I think that that is half the battle as well. I think that research can give you confidence. It can give you resources, maybe even people you can connect with. Can we talk about some of your perspective on developing that skill of having a knack for research? And for example, like I grew up in a house where my dad, if I wanted anything, he would say, all right, like, let's say I wanted a bike. He'd be like, well, how much does a bike cost? Where can I buy it? What colors are available? Like all this sort of stuff. So he forced me to research stuff. Mm. And that's a skill that has totally aided me as I travel internationally. Can you talk about cultivating that skill of being a, a lifelong self-learner and autodidact uh, and, and research? Because I think that's something that we could all benefit from. Yeah, uh, man. So I, I get asked the question a lot, you know, so I work for Vice, uh, you know, that's the day job. And I get asked in different ways, but occasionally I'll get, hey, I want to work for Vice. How do I work for Vice? Or I, I want, how do I do what you do? And I don't have a great answer for that. But in terms of when you're talking about research, I think that I can't tell somebody, hey, you should read two hours a day or try to finish a book a week or what? That, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? But everybody has something that interests them. And the best advice I can give for somebody who feels like they want to create things or do something that is anything journalism or documentary or whatever adjacent is whatever it is that you're interested in, just dive headfirst into that. I mean, head first into that know everything there is yeah. to know about it. That will serve you in ways that you could not possibly imagine. I mean, I know a lot about Japanese hip hop. I almost never use that in my day job. Almost never. But right. I've gotten so used to learning about stuff and just really getting into stuff that in weird ways it it comes out. Just just the those muscles if it makes sense. And yeah. I mean, that, cause that, that's a super niche thing, man. I mean, I don't know if I could find anybody in a 10 mile radius that I could have a, just a basic conversation about Japanese rap. And I'm in LA. I should be able to do that. But there's not a lot of people who I could really have a conversation <laughs> right. about like that because how many people are familiar with it? Not that many. Mm -hmm. But again, it, and you know, it, it changes the way I look at things. You know, I, I find the, you know, for my work, I come up with stories. There's there's a reason why I did a piece on a rap group from China, and that is because I'm already thinking hip hop in my daily life. I'm just oh, what's happening over there? And I see mm -hmm. something, and I'm just well, shoot, let me go and talk to them. Or yeah, I mean, th there's so many other examples. You know, I mean, I'm I'm already thinking about politics in a certain area. Well, let me. I've done research. I've I've read about this. Let me let me go find them. You know what I mean? So I, I would never tell anybody, hey, look, you should just read the newspaper every day or, or find history books and read all of those. I mean, those are cool, but really what it comes down to is figuring out whatever it is that you're really interested in and just become an absolute 100% expert on that. No more than anybody else does. If if you like anime, if you like anime, you better know everything there is to know about anime. Or at the very least, I mean, you know, if you like mm -hmm. One Piece, you need to know all everything about One Piece. What does, you know, the person who wrote the original manga, what did they do before that? 
what are they also doing? Where did they grow up? I mean, the voice actor, what, what is he and she, who are all these people? What are their projects before them? What are their projects after that? What's the context? What's the history of the anime industry in, in Japan? All that sort of thing. That, that, that's what I say. I mean, me, hmm. I know more about old video games than a lot of people. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing <laughs> how much I know about this. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, I, I love it. I, I know the, the name of the sound chip in the Nintendo Entertainment System. It, it, these are not useful facts for my everyday life at all i don't use these right but because i'm so used to just you know just finding a hobby and just getting really 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 into it i was doing that before i was in grad school that was it was just a hobby right those things turn into other opportunities always yeah if not directly at least you know through a relation Mm -hmm. of that knowledge or being able to pivot from it i definitely agree man you you outlined it beautifully i think following your curiosity is a thing and we should encourage that like it's essential for how i've traveled how i even got to to paris or taught myself french like i was curious and if i'm curious i'm gonna learn some shit but that muscle makes it easier to learn new shit like picking up podcasting or being a better host or i don't know learning how to cut onions because that's been a thing on my youtube browser lately (laughs) (laughs) what is it get what getting a fan and then using that to blow the air away no no not that uh you mean to get rid of the tears yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the easiest way, I'll tell you what, to prevent tears with cutting onions. I've never cried cutting onions. I always use a sharp knife. Really? Yeah, bro. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. What? You can do some other bullshit like, you know, cut them, put them in the freezer, bring them out, you, you, this fan technique. But no, use a sharp knife, an actually sharp knife, wow. not, a, not a Kmart sharp knife. Uh, a knife you can sharpen, sharpen it, cut your onions. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to try that. <laughs> Here for you, bro. But it's it's real though. I mean, people like an interesting person, mm. right? People people like an interesting person. People want to talk to an interesting person. If you're interesting, that's where jobs come. That's where that's where opportunities come. That's where the ability to talk to people who who you haven't spoken to because they want to talk to you, right? Right. The easiest way to be interesting is to be interested. It's the easiest way. Preach. Find something that you're interested in and just dive head first into it. If you can do that, I can get interested into anything. If if I can if I can spend hours watching YouTube videos about people playing old video games, <laughs> right. Then then I can spend a few hours learning about something that I'm not familiar with just because I'm I'm used to doing those deep dives into things. So it's kind of like a muscle. Yeah, it it is. It's it's 100% a muscle. It you don't have you don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to, you know, if you want to learn how to do research, don't start with cellular biology. You know, don't don't start learning about mitochondria. You know what I mean? Right. Don't start learning about the best chemicals for lawn care. Don't do that if you're not interested in it. Whatever it right. is you're interested, if you're into hip hop, man, figure out who was in that studio session when Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five recorded the message. I mean, figure out how Lil Yachty makes his voice do what it does. Who's the engineer? How are they making it do that? Figure out what 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 cadence is is baby doing. You know, figure out all these things. Whatever is your interest, just pick that. Start there. Just get really, really, really good at that. Odds are, anybody listening to this, odds are you're probably if the one thing that your that your friends ask you about 
the one thing that you could talk about for hours, you're already halfway there. Just double down on it. Right. If you know a lot about rap music just because you're a fan, okay, cool. There's probably a book out there about it. There's probably a podcast out there about it. Just spend some more time on that. 100%, dude. Expertise in one thing always transfers to other things. It always transfers. You'd be shocked yep. how well it transfers. Big facts. You're totally right. And we could go into a whole nother thing about how the internet age and you know how there's so much opportunity to not find a career path, but design a career path based off of your natural curiosities and interests. But that might be for a different show. But I do want to ask you a question about this. Yeah. One thing that I admire and I notice a lot in the Japanese culture, and you're hands-on familiar with it. I haven't been yet, but the, the idea of otaku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about it? As you were talking, this reminded me of that. And I watch a lot of Tasty and uh, what do they have? Uh, um, they have a show where they they try foods from different price points. It's not very scientific, but um, they're just going around. In, in Japan, a lot, when they go into Asia, you will see a place that just does ramen or just makes eggs or just makes you know tea. And I admire that part of the Japanese culture because it, to me, it's it's a... It's an example of you doubling down, tripling down on the thing that you really fuck with, that people will drive a thousand miles to come and see it. I really believe in that. I would actually argue that that is not necessarily a uniquely Japanese thing. It's pretty prominent. It's prominent. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Take, for example, In-N-Out. Mm -hmm. Easy example. Mm -hmm. In-N-Out will not sell you a hot dog. They won't do it. They have certain items and that's all they do. Canes. Canes has chicken fingers. That's it. Right. If you want a sandwich, they just put the same chicken fingers in the sandwich. Right. And so they specialize in very specific things. Right. So you, you can definitely find those in Japan. You know, music is a good example, right? There are record stores where specifically, I mean, vinyl record stores to this day still, where they pretty much only carry one genre that's basically it they have it's jazz right. or it's certain kind of metal and if you want another kind of metal too bad they don't have it just go to the other store and it's a little tiny things a dude chain smoking in the back and it's just oh i'm sorry we don't have that i can tell you who does but i i don't carry that kind of record right no hard feelings i just don't have it yeah so uh, the, the otaku thing right so how, how do people translate it? nerd or whatever and maybe you could translate and add some context to to the word because one i appreciate the fact that there's a word for it yeah yeah um but could you describe could you describe it because you probably understand it better than i do otaku is i mean it's, it's one of those things where we just use the word in english now uh or you know people who are familiar with it use it in english mm -hmm. now but yeah it's it usually conventionally it refers to it's like our our nerd or geek right and so generally it's talking about mm -hmm. usually men who are really into anime or you know manga comic books however you want to put it uh video games things like that it's it's since spread to mean just somebody who's really into one particular thing you know really really into j-pop really into you know maybe ramen or whatever you could be a ramen otaku that that's more of an english style usage of it i would say uh yeah, but that, I mean, that stuff, that stuff exists all over the place, I think, but it definitely gets more spotlight in Japan. I, I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. My, my interpretation has been just even the fact that there's a word for it, the, I'll say what the culture pushes. Like when I'm in France, yo, if you're a baker, you're a fucking baker. If you just sell, like you have specifics, it's almost like being in a video <laughs> game. 
You go to one street, yeah. and they all just sell computers. There's literally a street, a music store near um, uh, Pigal. You go behind it, there's one store just for left-handed uh, guitar and bass players. There's wow. two bass-specific stores. There's two stores just for drums. And the more that I've traveled abroad, I begin to realize that this kind of individuality and that being enough to merit commercial value or economic yeah. value is something that I don't feel like we have in our zeitgeist in American culture. We think big box before we think boutique because one, we have so much space, but two, that's kind of just how our business sector, our ca our sense of mm. capitalism sort of reaches. It's, I think we have more, it, granted you have your, your e-store, um, you know, commercial e-commerce and things like that. Yeah, you have your little boutiques and stuff like that, but we don't praise those people. We kind of wait for them, I feel like sometimes to go extinct and wonder, how are you doing this? Like, I don't think we celebrate the passion and the innate curiosity and effort it takes to, you know, establish and maintain that. Mm, but that, but that's what's valuable, I think. Yeah, I don't think we appreciate it. I think we don't recognize it yet. Mm -hmm. what, what you're talking about is I think we're a little bit ahead of the curve of that being recognized. Mm. Here's what I mean by that. Um, I didn't go to J school. I didn't go to journalism school. And in terms of, ex I don't have the most experience out of any journalist. The ones that I work with, I'm one of the least, in terms of, you know, hours, I work hard as hell. Right, right, right. <laughs> I work hard as hell. I, I no days off. I, I'm surprised I sleep sometimes. So I work. But there's people who've been doing much longer than I have, right? All over. Not just where I work. I mean, you know, newspaper writers, reporters. I mean, you know, and they get utmost respect from me, right? I'm not the smartest person out there. I don't speak the best Japanese. I don't know the most about hip hop. I don't know if you see where I'm going with this, mm -hmm. but you don't have to be the best at anything. But if you can combine some things in an unusual way, then all of a sudden you become a much more interesting person. You become a much more valuable person. Agreed. This is what I would say, if we're gonna go back to reasons to travel, mm -hmm. if we're gonna add another thing on top of the, you know, the, the poor selling point, of it, <laughs> it makes you a better person, right? Let's do it. I'll take this back. If, if you want to find somebody, if you're looking for a particular thing that you need to get accomplished, right? You need somebody who speaks English. Okay, that's a lot of people. Okay, you need somebody who speaks English and at least understands or can communicate in Japanese. Okay, that circle gets smaller. That population's a bit smaller. Still pretty big. Mm -hmm. Now you want somebody who understands hip hop culture. You got a handful of people. Right. That population suddenly gets very small, right? That Venn diagram of people who really get hip hop culture and who really get Japanese culture, however you want to put that, mm -hmm. who, you know, can write. You've got this, th these three circles of these Venn diagram. You've got a very, very small overlap. And it's, it's just a couple people in there. I happen to be one of them. So again, I don't have to be, I don't have to know the most about Japanese culture, Japanese politics, whatever. I don't have to know the most about hip hop or whatever. But, being at the middle of that Venn diagram, suddenly, for certain things, it makes me actually really rare. Mm. So if whatever it is that you're interested in doing, it really doesn't matter what you're interested in. The mere fact that you have a different perspective on things at some point is going to be extremely valuable because somebody's going to need that and you're going to have it. Makes total sense. Yeah. And we're at a point now where, I mean, for example, we were kind of hinting at this earlier, but black kids in anime is is an entire thing. 
it's an entire thing. We've got an entire generation of black kids who've grown up watching anime as though it's just it's just part of their life. Right. And it, it's it's become cool in this way that it didn't used to be. I mean, you got rappers who are name checking anime left and right, making just all sorts of weird references and stuff like that. And so if you had if you're a reporter and you're trying to write about them, you're trying to write about this stuff. OK, you got to know some. you got to have somebody who's familiar with black culture, whatever that means. There's an OK amount of, out there. Now you got to have people who are familiar with hip hop. OK, still sizable. And now of those people, you need the ones who understand anime. You've greatly reduced the amount of people who exist who can do that. It's not a lot of people who could do that. Right. They're all on the same list, sir. Yeah, basically, who, who have something coherent to say about it. And so all of a sudden, the fact that you s- sat around, you know, listening to, <laughs> you know, listening to Wu-Tang Clan and watching Dragon Ball is suddenly extremely valuable in a way that you could never have imagined. Right. And shoot, now you've been to Japan. You're one, you're one in a billion. It's on and popping then. Yeah. And you couldn't have seen it coming. But sort of, I mean, the world is getting smaller. The world is getting much smaller. Mm. And cultural hybridization, all that stuff has been happening. It's just, it's becoming more visible now. You know, it's necessary. Just in, if you want to talk about economically for a job or just for your daily life, uh, that's more and more important. And that's the way the world is heading. And so if you don't want to get left behind, <laughs> getting out of your hometown is a pretty good move. Definitely. And it's, it's one, of those, one of those other reasons you know, a lot of people have corporate jobs. I had a corporate job. And when I look at my journal of reasons why I was afraid to go, <laughs> it was like, oh, what if I don't get a job again back in corporate? What if I don't make money again? What if I can't pay back my loans? But like, really, if I didn't do that, I'd be less relevant in a, in a in, like you said, the world's getting smaller. It's becoming mm-hmm. more globalized. We're having to know things about other countries that the United States has not had to know before, you know, speak other languages, interact with other people. You're absolutely right. And um, for, for anyone listening, you outlined that beautifully, by the way. Like, I, I can't wait to the person who's like listened to this point <laughs> in the show and it's like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I feel better about this now. Like, you know what? Dexter really just laid it out. Um, Scott Adams, the creator of uh, Dilbert, has a, this idea called skill stacking. And there's a dude named Naval. Uh, I've been talking about him a lot on my social media, uh, Angel Investor, but he has this um, podcast and series of tweets, Tweetstorm, called How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. Mm-hmm. And the premise is that when it comes to profession, it says, I'm committed to do to being the best in the world at what I do. What I do is subject to change, though. Yeah. No, it makes totally sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with, with the concept, too. Yeah. I mean, honest, honestly, that's what it is. That's all it is. Damn. This has become the best career <laughs> advice ever. <laughs> which is, which is hilarious I'm because so my career trajectory makes absolutely no sense. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see any of this coming. I didn't see any of this coming. You and me both. <laughs> both on opposite sides of the fucking microphone. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, in, ter- in terms of, you know, quote unquote career advice, you know, I mean, I, did, I never thought I was going to, quote unquote, do journalism or whatever, make documentaries. I didn't, that, that was not in the game plan. It just so happened that I had a skill set that somebody found helpful. I think, I think a lot of the, the people that we hail, in as leaders, as business, as CEOs, whatever, I think they have similar trajectories to yours, where it's zigzag all over the place. Ben Franklin uh, left yeah. a kid in New Jersey, swam down the river, ended up being ambassador of France. Like, who could have seen that coming? No, but nobody saw that shit coming. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it 
Yeah, you, you you never see the stuff coming. You never see the stuff coming. That's consistent. Just stay in the game, y'all. Keep living. Keep breathing. Be curious. Dude, this has been super dope. I know we were here, there, and everywhere, but I, I appreciate the value that you shared. I know the community definitely will. As we round out, man, I'd love to hear about all the projects and things you have coming up. I also want to ask you about your music because I do watch your videos on IG Live. Um, <laughs> and I know that we haven't even tapped like half or a third of who you are as a person. But you're, in addition to being a journalist and multilingual and a traveler and adventurer, you're a musician. Like I saw you, uh, I saw your pops shedding to some of your tunes and I was like, fuck, that's so cool. <laughs> Coming from a, being a professional musician myself, like what a moment. I watched that shit, bro. And I was like, oh, no. what? He brought out his little pocket horn? Dude, he's tearing up. <laughs> yeah, man. I like everybody everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I decide I, you know, make beats uh for fun but yeah man i just at this at some point this year i decided okay i'm gonna make 100 beats this year and i it's december now and i'm at i think 84 or so something like that uh so i have some yet to go and i just up you know i upload them on instagram you know keeps me keeps me honest because i tell people hey i'm gonna do this here's this goal that i'm doing and you know every now and again people will message me hey how many beats you got hey you done you You finished yet shit (laughs) how close are you yeah, yeah, pretty much. I don't, I don't even know if anybody's listening to these damn things, but you know, it's, it's for me really than anybody else. So that, that's a whole other thing. I mean, we could, we could do another episode about that. That's, that's a whole, whole other conversation. I don't even know the instrument you're using, but yes, a, di- a different episode. But what sure. else you got going on that, that you want to share? Well, let, let me, let me throw some of you. Yeah. Um, you've seen, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that I've done on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, what was it about that that? made you want to talk to me about that about about the, about the journalism part this is uh this is a first um so you know we had this great discussion about following your your natural curiosity and mm-hmm. um this kind of skill stacking idea and honestly i can't tell you i'm committed to any one thing greater than anything else like i've just i don't just dive into anime like you know you have more depth in some of these specific subject matters than I do for sure. But one thing that I've mm. always been interested in is people and analyzing people. Um, I was mm. a psych minor in college. Uh, psychology influences a lot of what I do and just having that base of knowledge. So as an analyst of people, I could follow your, I could assume your thought pattern. And then as I was able to track you through the internet and follow you, I realized that there was consistency here. So I knew that there was substance that I wanted to provide for the community. Mm. Because of the way you phrase your questions, because of the questions you don't ask more than the questions you do ask. And then you're Mm. also very public about how you try and do, like the VR thing was a really big deal. You preface it by saying, hey, or you came on Twitter and you're like, hey, some people felt a certain way about me. I forget the famous, he's a really famous VR guy, but you had an interview with him in cyberspace. You were like, Mm. listen, I'm just here to share the information. I know this might be polarizing, but listen, this was interesting and this is what I got out of it. And mm. you just kind of have these wholesome experiences where I feel like you're actually looking to communicate with individuals for who they are, not necessarily what they could be perceived as representing. You said the questions I don't ask. What do you mean by that? Shoot, I'm a host now. Like, There's a bunch of obvious questions I could ask you, like, how do you save money on airfare? Or like, what's your favorite <laughs> country? And sometimes uh. I do that, but I'm looking for the moments you've been interviewed and asked, you're in the space, you fucking get it. Like, but I want to ask you questions and come from an angle that other people aren't. I want to get to know you. Like to me, like Mm. if, 
if there was an app for dating quote-unquote new friends like it's this fucking podcast (laughs) yeah let's go find strangers we have no way we don't see each other there's no body language let's just actually like fucking listen and i follow my natural curiosities with the things you share with me that's why i don't have questions like um there's you know the easy questions that you could ask things that are polarizing things that people would expect but you always bring things to a level of seeking to understand and i value that more than being uh bright or being polarizing or charging like let's understand each other and i think that's a lot of the reason why your shows resonate in that way hmm. what would you say is so you, you've like i said let's let's say you've seen four or five pieces it sounds like you've seen a few i'm actually kind of flattered uh that you, that you watch so much stuff um what have you seen that you didn't like of mine hmm. I'll, I'll say the one in the factory was weird hmm. how so out of out of the ones I've seen, I haven't seen them all. I felt you were a little bit you had an opinion about it, and I felt like that surf it wasn't a huge edge, but you had a little bit more edge in that one. Uh, the practice of it and all was kind of a little bit inhumane, a little bit unjust, I'd say. Mm. But that was a little bit more clear, and the ability to do that in Chinese, which was super impressive. I just it just had a different tone to it. How so? What what about it? What about it? Did you find off? That makes sense. Yeah. It felt like a different vibe from you than some of the other pieces, which just kind of sit back in the pocket a little bit more. In that, in that I was, you're saying I was too forward. I wasn't forward enough. Yeah, too forward. Like you were, mm. you were like, no, clearly this is fucked up. Like y'all don't see this. Like, ah, uh, okay. I felt like maybe you asked the same question like three different ways. Like, are you sure this isn't bullshit? And they were like, yeah, we're sure. You're like, but are you really sure? Like, uh, I don't think I experienced that vibe, at least from you. Mm. Mm. Oh no, that's interesting, huh? Now I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> um, but it could have been the whole mood thing. Like that whole thing was like really dark and dystopian. That was a is really interesting. Yeah, you asked what my my projects are uh, upcoming, and I don't have anything specific, but I can tell you how I'm thinking about things recently and what I want to do mm-hmm. uh, in the future, more more philosophically. Here's my goal. My goal is to make something where you watch it and you turn to your friend. You have a, after you finish it, the six minute, seven minute, whatever video finishes, you turn to your friend, you have an argument about it. That's what I want. Mm. I want you to have a half hour argument about something where you end up talking about something totally different. It ends up, you, you start with whatever it was that the piece was about, but you end up on some other tangent. That, that's my goal. Mm. That's my goal. So I've realized that just like I was saying earlier, that there's no, quote unquote neutral there's no such thing you know what i mean um right the idea of me you know as i appear on the camera right because i think in the back of your head everybody knows this that it's not just me i'm not holding the camera i mean everybody knows that i don't know but but i don't know if anybody's thinking about you know i'm not holding the camera i'm not the producer i'm not the editor right there's a lot of people that were you know we're a small team when we put these things together but this is it's a group effort you know there's a team putting these things together but I know that just via the language of the camera, you know, it seems as though I'm the person there and, and that, that I'm the only person that would. Obviously, it's not true, but I know that it can come across like that. But it can also come across that, and I, I think some people who are in front of the camera treat it like this, that they need to be the omniscient, kind of all-seeing person. And they, they need to be correct. Mm-hmm. Where everybody mm-hmm. else is a character and they're the navigator. I'm, I'm the right. moral center here. 
and everybody around me is there's something off about them and I'm going to show you what's wrong with them. Even when it's kind of like, hey, you got to look at both sides thing. It's it's still there's somebody in the middle who is that neutral person. I want to decenter that. I don't want to be at the middle necessarily. And I'm starting to get more comfortable with that. I'm trying to make myself be more comfortable with that. So I'll fully admit, you know, anybody listening, I do not have all the answers. Right. I go into situations and, I, you know, I, I do my research and I'm, I'm open and I listen, but I don't always know. I don't always have the answer. And this thing is usually in the world, most people, we don't. Right. And so uh, I don't know if you caught the one, the slum tourism one. Did you catch that one? The township tourism one? No, I didn't. No worries. Yeah. Is commenting on people touring in tour um I'm sorry, touring the slums or commenting yeah. on like people actually running tours cuz both. Tell me more about it. Both. Okay. So, you know, I should say township tourism. Uh I use the word slum tourism because that's a pejorative word that a lot of people use for it. But basically there are um you know, in South Africa there are townships which are, you know, legacy of apartheid and mm-hmm. you know, I mean the the distance between the haves and the haves nots is is astonishing that was my first time living you know be spending time in south africa right heard about it right. entirely different to see it in person but yeah if you want to see how people live you can go on a tour and there are people who will take you on a tour and you can go see houses with no running water and you can all, all, all these things right and a lot of people listening to that is you know, listen to this automatically, they'll, they'll kind of cringe. They'll say, oh, this is, this is disgusting. This is wrong. How could you do that? That's poverty porn, mm. right? Mm. But what if the person who's running that tour is from there? Right. Okay, well, maybe they're selling out their people, right? Okay, fair. You know, you could say that. What if that's providing jobs for people who live in that community? Okay, it gets mm. a little bit more muddy. Okay, now what if there are people who are, you know, European tourists who are coming in who want to go to the ghetto. They want to see how poor South Africans live. Okay, maybe that's a little bit cringy. Maybe that seems wrong. Maybe that seems like, again, poverty porn, right? Well, what if I told you that there are people who live in the resort area right next to it who have never been to that township, who've never been to that area? And all of a sudden, you got these people coming in from Germany, you got these people coming from Switzerland who have a better grasp of what it's like to live in these areas. Than the rich white South Africans who live, no joke, 10 minutes away. Right. Okay, it starts to get a little bit muddier there. What if I come in as an American with all these opinions? Because of course I have an opinion. Sure. Of course, because I'm a person. And so that's a piece right there where you watch it. And so, you know, it's up. You could look it up. It's, you know, if you look town, Township Tourism Vice News, something like that. You, if you look that up, it's on YouTube. You'll see it. And I mean, the comment section is wild because I don't think anybody knows what to think. And that's precisely what I want. Right. Because if you look at that, you can you can come out of that thinking everybody's right. You can come out of that thinking nobody's right, including me, because I'm in there mm. and I'm, I'm trying to figure this out along with everybody else. Because if this, if this was if it was an easy topic, it would be solved. You know, what I mean, right. But it's right. not. And so you've got you've got the person who's running the tours. Right. You've got European tourists. You've got the people who live in the townships. You know, this you people are walking in, no joke, actually physically walking into their home. And wow. you've got me. So you've got four, you know, most people would say, okay, you've got kind of four, three quote unquote characters, right? This is the lingo of the business, right? You call them characters. So you've got the character who is the person who is running the township tours. You've got the characters of the people who live there and you've got the tourists. 
right? But th- there's also another character, which is me. And I'm 100% comfortable with somebody looking at that and thinking, I don't, I don't agree with that guy. That guy who's asking the questions, I think there's something wrong with that. That's okay, which is, it's a bit unusual, right? Because I think the idea that the person who is in front of the camera needs to have all the answers that needs to be correct all the time, that needs to be, you know what I mean, needs to be sort of the moral voice of authority. I trust the people watching this a little bit more than that. I, 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 have, I have faith right. in the intelligence that somebody can look at that and say, okay, hopefully they respect what I'm doing, but they can disagree with me. And all mm-hmm. those four characters, you can think, you know what? I don't know what the truth is, but I'm at least glad that I heard everybody say their piece or give their opinion. Any question you ask, you know, there's, there's an assumption behind it. There's an opinion behind it. You know, if I ask you, hey, is, is this right? I'm asking you that because I think there's a question about it, that it could perhaps be wrong, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I'm into recently is I'm trying to make pieces across whatever you know medium it may be that you watch it and you have to sit down and think about it. Because there are pieces that can be done. And I'm happy to do these. And a lot of people focus on this stuff. Whereas, hey, here's a bad guy who's done some bad stuff. I'm going to expose that. That stuff is very valuable because it, it's needed. Right. You know what I mean? Exposing corruption, exposing all sorts of other things that need to be exposed. That's, that's important. Those are my building blocks, though. That's, that's what I use. So, okay, we know that this is a bad guy. We know this is a bad group of people, whatever. Okay, where do we go from there? What can we do with this? That's what I'm into. And so, and that's, that's why, you know, when you said that there's a part about that, and I really appreciate you saying that there, there was a piece where there was something you didn't like about it. That's totally cool with me. I love that because right. that's, I mean, it's, again, I really appreciate it. It's an honest reaction and it's kind of what I'm looking for. You know, I'm not, I'm not going out there to provoke stuff or to be edgy or whatever, but I'd like mm-hmm. there to be as much transparency as I can put in there, the better. You know, the mm-hmm. more that, that I can put in there, the better, just because I want somebody to feel like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm watching something real happening here. And, and I, want, I want to trust the viewer to be able to make those decisions for themselves. So that's what I'm on now. <laughs> so, Dexter, you, you mean to tell me that you want to inject critical thought into mainstream journalism? I mean... No, sir. I will, not, <laughs> I will not have it, sir. I will not stand for these shenanigans, Tom Fuller. This is malarkey. And, uh, dude, that's, that's beautiful. I, I mean, I hope that resonates. Critical thinking, bro. Like, fuck we need more of that it's it's one of those things it's it's hard it's hard to even say that just because i think if you ask anybody who does anything like what i'm doing for a living they'll of course tell you the same thing and i do believe that people are definitely trying that it's hard to do though it's it's hard to do and really spending time thinking about okay what is everybody else doing okay how can i do that differently you know what i mean um Hmm. it's what i try to do there, there's pieces that my favorite pieces that i do again there's there's no it's not like there's an ending it's just here's a conversation and i'm not really sure what to make of it but i think you should know that this conversation is happening those are some of my favorite pieces i, I think the vr one if y'all check it out is a way to do it like that one was beautiful thank you thank i mean yeah because if a lot of places would say there's no point what's the point and there is no point to that piece there's no point. It's just, here's something you might not have seen before. And it, it's, it's a look at what, 
what people are doing or what a group of people are doing a, a hint as to why they're doing it and a little bit about you know some of the conflict and difficulty within that subculture community yeah, just to look at it and you can you can watch you can come away with it and you know it there's not necessarily some action that i want you to take it's not a call to action it's just i, I want you to know about this because i think this is important that's what i'm into yeah 100 percent. that's a that's a worthy <laughs> goal that's a lot bro i i can't wait to see these these new pieces i will definitely be checking them out because yeah, I, I'm understanding what you're saying a little bit better. And the the township one is a great example. I'm going to have to find that because that's got, you know, so much historical context. Like that's a whole, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. Shit. Anything else positive and awesome you want to share? Are we going to be expecting like a mixtape next year? Like what's going on? <laughs> uh, who's going to be rapping on uh, the, who you getting I, verses I don't from? know. Yo, if somebody wants to feel free. Cause you probably rap too. Do you, do you rap? I do not rap. That is the one thing that I don't do. That's, that's where I play the background, man. I'm, I'm a, I make the beats. That's, that's, you know, that's what attracted me, uh, to the music. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm very happy to just be the person making weird, you know, electronic music with, with various devices and whatnot. But no, man, I mean, for me, it's really just, I just like being creative right now. Uh, you know, kind of my main creative outlet is, well, my main creative outlet was, you know, the work that I was doing on Vice News Tonight. You know, I definitely consider that to be creative. Uh, then sometimes you just, you, you need something else. You need another outlet, hence the music. I haven't written for right. a long time, you know, written words, you know what I mean? Uh, print type stuff. That hasn't felt like it was necessary. At some point it'll come back, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better at listening, I'm trying to get better at listening, trying to, you know, I'm just curious, man. That that's the great thing about my job is it's it's a crash it's just like you were saying about the podcast it's a crash course in people's lives that you would never meet otherwise i've met so many people so many people that i would never talk to otherwise and that talk to me in a way that they would never talk to another person i think otherwise and i mean i can't get enough of that it's amazing it's kind of a rush. And with the listening and the curiosity, you're like, oh shit, like this is what your life is yeah. like. Oh man. It's like, uh, like whether I know you or not, if I walk, well, no, if I know you and I'm invited into your house, like one of the first things I want to do is open your refrigerator because <laughs> I want to know what's inside of that. Well, my refrigerator is very bare. So that would tell you a lot about my life because I, I pay rent in LA, but I, I don't really live here. I pretty much live out of a suitcase. So that would tell you a lot probably <laughs> for, for better or for worse. You know, I can, but it's not fair to assume, you know what I'm saying? But like, I'm, I, I get it. And it's a little bit of a rush, like this whole experience talking to you. And, and I want to point out why I appreciate the, you know, this is longer than one of our usual episodes. I don't know if this will be in one piece or two pieces, but I know you understand yourself and what you do. And it's not often we get a chance to, I think in general, that people get exposed to the thought process of someone who is... Uh, a multi-hyphenate, but also a, a great researcher and a great thinker and also produces things in a public way. I can't think of another exchange off the top of my head where we could get some insight to that. So I appreciate your transparency and just, again, I don't know all the answers, <laughs> just like you don't know all the answers and we're kind of working through it together. That's part of the premise of this as well. So dude, this has been, I've learned some shit. Like, I got checked on, uh, not a check, but like uh, <laughs> otaku and stuff like, like, let's learn. Let's learn some shit, y'all. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm into, man. Make learning dope again. 
<laughs> Bet, bro. Well, dude, um, how can uh, people best follow you and keep up to date with all your projects? We can we can shout out some some handles. What you got? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the main one, I think I'm probably most active on Instagram now, uh, but everything's the same. Dex Digi, D-E-X-D-I-G-I uh, there and on Twitter. Uh, my website is whatupdex.com, W-H-A-T-U-P-D-E-X.com. Um, and so probably mostly everything I has, have is on there. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Or, you know, YouTube, if you just type my name in and Vice News, uh, probably most most of the pieces that I've done uh, are on there. He's the one with the flat top, y'all. And I have to ask before I get off the air. Okay, mm -hmm. the flat top. Yes. You bring in it. Oh, what, what's the inspiration? What is your muse? Has this always been you? Is this <sighs> a... Talk to me more. Because hair, hair matters. It does. Hair matters. It does. It does. It does. Um, I'll keep this short. Before this, I had an afro, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, had I need to Google one of those pics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's probably some out there. There's probably one on my Instagram. That's going to be your cover art. Cover <laughs> art. I'm kidding. I, w I wouldn't do that to you. But yo, yeah, I had a, I had with you because nobody would know what it is. But yeah, no, I had a, I had an afro before this. And then honestly, man, just one day and I'm talking about, man, how long did I have that? For about 10 years, I had an afro. Wow. And then, yeah, because I'm, I'm 35 now. So from, I'd say, 98 to, oh, wow, to the beginning of 2010. And then actually, I cut my hair in Japan. If you're, this is, this is another story, but uh, there, are, there are some black barbers in Japan. And if you are black in Japan, and in Tokyo specifically, you know who they are. And if you don't, I'm not kidding, if you need a barber, I told you my, you know, contact info. Hit me up. I will tell you. I'll, I'll give you the info. But yeah, I went to one of them and uh, just said, hey, cut my hair like this. And he did it. And I just been running with it ever since. So since 2010. But yeah, it just honestly was just kind of on a whim. I just said one day, you know what? Let me switch it up. And I switched it up and I just kind of kept running with it. Wow. I mean, it's commitment. There's maintenance. You're you're kind of tall guy. You're you're traveling on airlines. I know if you have a window seat, you gotta duck a little bit extra just to make sure you know it's not offset by the time you <laughs> actually buckle in your seatbelt. Listen, man, I I I support it. I'm here for it. It's it's iconic. So I didn't know if there was something uh something else behind it, but obviously I love a great story. <laughs> there's th I mean, you know, there's there's always a lot to it. I feel like we get long, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, one day I just felt like, you know what, I think this is the move and then did it and haven't really looked back. But well, now I know and everybody else knows. Listen, y'all, if this show has taught you one thing, follow your curiosities. You'll learn shit and it might be entertaining for others. And if it's not, you know, at least you learn something. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for the time, for sharing all of this. Um, this has been super dope. And uh, dude, safe travels. And best of success with everything. I hope to see you back here at the point in the future. I'd be happy to do it, man. Anytime. Just let me know. All right, man. We'll travel safely and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Peace. I thought it was so fitting that we ended that discussion with Dexter talking about critical thinking, thinking for yourself, really examining ideas and positions, and also sharing the fact that we don't know the answers. And I think Dexter brought up a great point that sometimes things are kind of set up where the host or the main reporter on a story seems like they need to know the answers. Y'all, neither I nor Dexter know all the answers. And the fact that we can still come up and create these new solutions together is awesome. So you'll see it in Dexter's stuff. Y'all make sure you follow him on Instagram and Twitter at DexDigi. Check out his personal website to see all 
all the amazing outlets he's contributed his mind and his work to at whatupdex.com don't know why i said it like it was an ig handle it's not it's just a website www.whatupdex.com if you prefer um bro thank you so much for being on the show it's just a great opportunity to share and kind of understand how this amazing work that you put out gets made in some of your thinking process so best of luck in the future man i know you're going to find some way to create more interesting stories that have these different characters and different points of context so that people can be arguing with their best friends about the best stuff y'all we will be back next tuesday with another featured guest an amazing man of color with his travel perspective to share so until then if you haven't yet drop us a review on itunes it would be so appreciated just be honest and we love the feedback make sure you're checking us out on the socials at point noir show on twitter and ig now the twitter account is so small and just getting started but we have a couple followers and you can see some passport entries there and as always if you need to reach out whether that be for show related things or about podcasting instructional workshops reach out to me at kimono jack k-i-m-o-n-o-j-a-c-k at pointnoirshow.com that's all you have to do we do it old school email you know that's as old as we get though no snail mail so that all being said all y'all take care travel well travel often travel safely and i'll see you next week this has been jerry the third aka kimono jack signing off peace